under construction. A Good Omens multi-voice podfic, written by Summer of Spock and read by Sky Asimaru and Cha. The sun had set and the fire had mostly burned down when Zimafil dragged over a small log, flopped down on top of it like it was a bench, and pulled a tiny bag from the pocket of his flannel. It was filled with... Aziraphale! Is that marijuana? Aziraphale arched a brow and pulled out a little black case that had been sitting untouched in the plastic bag that had the ingredients for the s'mores. It's perfectly legal. I guess he didn't strike me as the smoking type. It was hard to believe wood-chopping, bartending a Xerophil smoked wheat ever. I partake on occasion, Xerophil said as he pulled out a pipe from the case and sprinkled a bit of the wheat into the bowl. If I go into the city, I like to pick some up. We're on vacation, and I feel as if marijuana is part of the Oregon experience, don't you? I wouldn't know, Crowley replied, eyes wide, as he watched Aziraphale put the blue glass pipe to his lips and light it. A plume of smoke flooded from his nose and mouth as he politely blew it away from Crowley. It was more than a little attractive. Then again, Crowley was starting to think he found everything about Aziraphale attractive. Based on what Aziraphale had said in the motel, Crowley was certain he didn't feel the same way. It felt a bit creepy to be ogling him, but he couldn't stop himself. Aziraphale was nice to look at. Could you think your friends were nice to look at? You obviously aren't under any obligation, but I thought it would be nice. Pulled from his spiraling thoughts, Crowley considered that it had been ages, maybe in uni a couple times. He recalled liking it well enough. He shrugged and took the pipe. As soon as it was in his hands, Aziraphale went rebuilding the fire. The renewed warmth spread over his legs, relaxing him as he went about remembering how to smoke weed. Straightforward enough, he lit the bowl and inhaled, the aromatic smoke filling his lung. Exhaling, he coughed a bit. <coughs> it had been years since he smoked at all, giving up cigarettes in his twenties and not seeking opportunities to smoke again since then. Aziraphale took the pipe back and lit it again, this time blowing the smoke into the sky. He laughed. <laughs> I haven't smoked with someone in a while. It has a very college feel, doesn't it? I feel quite young. When Crowley looked at him, Aziraphale was doing this little pleased wiggle where he was seated on the log. He looked happy. Genuinely so. Crowley liked seeing it. A dull tingling was beginning in Crowley's extremities. He felt relaxed. Relaxed enough that smiling at Aziraphale being cute didn't seem weird at all. 
You know, I think I like it here. Aziraphale passed back the pipe. I felt much the same way when I first moved here. It's easy to fall in love with. Crowley exhaled his second hit and looked at Aziraphale's firelit face. It really is. At some point, Aziraphale fished out his phone and played music, the crackling of the fire underscoring the low twang of an acoustic guitar. They ended up on their backs, staring at the sky, as they had chocolate and said stupid things. Do you think fish are like planning something? The waves were shushing in the background, making him think of fish, and dolphins, and tide pools. What on earth could they be planning? Aziraphale said around a mouthful of marshmallow. When Crowley looked at him, his cheeks were puffed out like a chipmunk, and he couldn't help laughing at him. <laughs> Aziraphale swallowed. What's so funny? Crowley shook his head. You, honestly. Pish posh. I'm very serious. Aziraphale said with a dramatic frown that just made him look even sillier. Pish posh. Crowley parroted in an approximation of Aziraphale's weird Americanized RP. Aziraphale slapped his arm. You're a rude man. <laughs> the rudest, he said, smiling so wide he would have been embarrassed if he were sober. It didn't matter right then. He was having fun. They were having fun. It was silent for a moment, and then Aziraphale said, So, what do you think the fish are planning? Crowley rolled onto his side and propped his head up on his hand. I'm so glad you asked, Aziraphale. Overall, it was a good night. Who was Crowley kidding? It was a great night. And even though it was a bit awkward, dancing around each other as they got ready for bed, Crowley was tired from their day and relaxed from smoking, so he dropped off without even meaning to. The threat of Aziraphale sleeping on the pillow beside him was forgotten in his exhaustion. Crowley woke up with his cheek pressed into Aziraphale's arm and his leg thrown over his hip. He'd known this would happen. There had been no possible way he would be able to share a bed with anyone, let alone Aziraphale, who he had rather strong, low-down, tingly feelings for, and not glom onto them like a touch-stuffed barnacle. It might have been nice to savor the moment, file it away to pull out later. It should have been nice, because Aziraphale was warm, and his body was perfectly soft, and Crowley loved it. He could hear the distant rush of the ocean as the sunlight trickled in through the window. The blankets wrapped around the both of them just right and part of Crowley wanted to fall right back asleep. 
He might have done it if Aziraphale weren't awake. Is this why you didn't want to share a bed? Aziraphale asked with no small amount of joyful teasing in his voice as Crowley withdrew, trying to make his retreat not like a scramble for sanity. You didn't want me to know you were a cuddler? Crowley laughed, forced and awkward. <laughs> right, yeah, a big cuddler, me. I won't tell anyone, Aziraphale said, before swinging his legs out of bed. He stood and stretched his arm over his head with a loud groan. <sighs> Wouldn't want to ruin your image. Crowley laughed again. It was all he could do. <laughs> His only other option was to curl up under the covers and die. They got ready in turns, and Crowley managed a semblance of normal human behavior. He thought he did a pretty good job of not showing that he was obsessing about the way Aziraphale had felt in his arms. He was just as soft as he looked, just as warm. For days, Crowley was going to lay down to sleep and ruminate on the sensation of a Aziraphale lying next to him. Under him, actually. Oh, God. They packed up and got into the truck, Aziraphale insisting they stop for taffy and a candy he called sea form. Crowley had no idea what he was on about, but it made Aziraphale seem all bubbly, so he went along with it. Aziraphale was very hard to say no to. The weather was much cloudier than the day before. A constant mist sprayed down on them, leaving Crowley damp and a bit cranky. Aziraphale didn't seem to mind, and eventually... His happy demeanor rubbed off on Crowley, and as the sky cleared, so did too Crowley's mood. He might have to go back to work on Monday, but the weekend, the whole week, had been good. They'd been driving for quite some time, exchanging pleasant chatter, when Aziraphale's phone buzzed in the cup holder, and he glanced at it. Inhaling sharply, Aziraphale said, I'm sorry. I have to... Can we stop at the next gas station? Crowley nodded in confusion as the phone rang out. He hadn't been able to see the caller ID, but based on Aziraphale's response, it wasn't the good sort of phone call. It seemed like an emergency sort of phone call. Aziraphale pulled sharply into the parking lot of the first gas station they found and shut off the engine. Grabbing his phone, he hit redial before he was even out of the car. Crowley watched this all happen with his stomach tying itself into knots. Something was wrong, and he had no idea what to do. Pacing in front of the truck, Aziraphale pressed the phone to his ear. Presumably, someone picked up because he visibly relaxed and started to speak. He only caught snatches of the conversation, but the frustrated look on Aziraphale's face made it clear it was a rough one. His mouth thinned, and his bright eyes clouded over as he spoke. 
What are you... Crowley tried not to listen, but it was impossible. Is she all right? Do you need... Aziraphale had put his hand to his forehead, scrubbing over it viciously, as if he were trying to calm down. Why isn't Dad calling me? Yes, I know. I don't appreciate... <sighs> Fine. Aziraphale jammed his finger into the phone screen, presumably ending the call. He let out a frustrated sound and ran a hand through his hair once. He closed his eyes, squared his shoulders, and turned back to the truck. Was Crowley supposed to pretend he hadn't seen that? Hopping in through the driver's door, he put his hand to the keys still in the ignition before pausing and turning to Crowley with a smile that looked completely false. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to go in? We're quite close to home, but we can stop for a bit. Crowley frowned and cast around for a way to ask after what happened that wasn't widely rude or invasive. He couldn't think of anything. I'm all right, Crowley replied hesitantly. Aziraphale nodded and turned the key. The engine roared to life and the radio turned back on, a low, staticky hum. When Aziraphale placed his hands on the steering wheel, they were shaking, and Crowley, even if he couldn't find the right words, refused to sit there and watch him. Before Aziraphale could start driving, Crowley reached out and put his hand on his. I can drive if you need me to. It felt awkward to offer, awkward to acknowledge anything that had just happened, but Crowley didn't want Aziraphale to just stuff it down. He didn't know what to do besides offer to help. Aziraphale was obviously struggling with something, and they were friends. Weren't friends supposed to help? Aziraphale's hands slipped off the wheel. Yes, perhaps that would be best. They drove back to Pine Grove in a silence that felt very tense. Aziraphale stared out the window, occasionally fiddling with his hands and sighing. Crowley wanted to ask. He desperately wanted to ask, but wouldn't Aziraphale tell him if he wanted to? He didn't seem the secretive type. But that wasn't true, was it? Aziraphale hatched around why he had left England like it was some dark secret. Maybe this thing, this potential family emergency, had something to do with that. Crowley didn't know. He couldn't remember the last time he had been this worried about another human being. Probably before his mom died. The relief of pulling into the gravel driveway was palpable. When they went inside the cabin, Aziraphale shrugged off his coat and immediately perked up. That was a lovely trip. I'm pleased you were able to make time for it before getting back to work. His voice was cheery and false, like he was trying to convince himself more than Crowley. Aziraphale bustled around, 
his frenetic energy and fluttering hands frayed Crowley's nerves until they were in absolute tatters. Aziraphale, he said quietly, unsure of what else to say, but feeling like he had to say something. He just wanted to help. He didn't want Aziraphale looking like this, one wrong word from collapsing. Aziraphale paused where he was fiddling with his dovetop, presumably ready to put the kettle on. The burner turned off with a click, and Aziraphale glanced up, eyes locking with Crowley's. They were shining, and for a horrible moment, Crowley was certain he was about to cry. Aziraphale shouldn't cry. He should never have to. Crowley felt a surge of rage at whatever thing was making Aziraphale's face crumple like that. Aziraphale looked away and, in that same forced tone, said, It's no matter. Would you like tea or coffee? Are you hungry? I could rustle up some sandwiches, and we have that taffy, though that's not very nutritious. <sighs> Aziraphale broke off and scrubbed at his eyes. I'm sorry. I'm a bit... Perhaps I should take a shower. Clear my head. Crowley was torn. He wanted to cross the room and wrap Aziraphale in his arms, guide his head to his shoulder. He was wound so tightly, but Crowley couldn't just hug him. It felt too intimate after that morning, waking up on top of a Zeraphair. Then again, they were friends, and friends hugged, right? When was the last time Crowley had hugged someone? He couldn't remember. Gosh, he was pathetic. Do you want to talk about it? Crowley asked carefully, crossing the room to close the distance between them and putting his hands on top of the counter. Aziraphale looked at the ceiling and took several deep breaths. It really is fine. You shouldn't have to listen to me, Nataron. <laughs> he turned away and started rifling through the cupboards aimlessly. Was he still thinking about sandwiches? I don't mind. Crowley felt as if he was trailing through an abandoned house, climbing stairs without knowing which were rotted through. I like listening to you. Aziraphale's shoulder slumped and his hand dropped from the open cupboard. He turned back and smiled again but this time it lacked the forced quality that made Crowley so worried. Now Aziraphale just looked nervous. I'm afraid you'll think I'm quite silly, Aziraphale said, his voice breaking on his words. Not on your life, Crowley replied, dead serious. Aziraphale looked at the ground and took a deep breath. <sighs> My sister called. Crowley waited, fairly certain that wasn't the whole story. A thick tension was falling around them, 
and Crawley knew, if he spoke, he'd finally misstep, finally plunge through the broken staircase and ruin everything. My mother was in the hospital, Aziraphale said, and when Crowley sucked in a sharp breath, he shook his head. She's fine. She has a heart condition. Things happen. My sister thought I should know, since no one else would tell me. He hesitated again, and Crowley said, I'm glad your mom's all right. Aziraphale glanced up at the ceiling, like he was still holding back tears. His voice was choked when he spoke again. I know. I'm... I'm thankful for that. I am. He broke off, voice going tight. It's silly and ridiculous, but I suppose I hoped my father would call to tell me something like that. But... It seems our differences are still too much for him. Crowley had a gazillion questions, but in the silence he settled on... That's bollocks. Your dad couldn't even pick up on the phone for that. Sounds like a wanker. Aziraphale laughed wetly, and it turned into a sharp sob. <laughs> Goodness me... You must think I'm quite a miss. Let me just... Crowley couldn't stand it. This way that Aziraphale was shoving all his feelings away like they didn't matter. Like he didn't matter. He was around the counter in a second, pulling Aziraphale into his arms without really thinking. Aziraphale tensed for a moment before he returned the embrace. And when he did, Crowley melted into it. He was so warm and soft, and he smelled nice. And when Crowley tightened his grip, Aziraphale sighed and hooked his chin over Crowley's shoulder. Crowley had the insane urge to press a kiss to Aziraphale's ear, and he shoved it away. It was not the time to think like that. Crowley closed his eyes, so he didn't think any more about kissing Aziraphale's ear. Did he even like having his ears kissed? If you want to talk about it, I'll listen. Might be a bit biased, though. Say shite like a family sucks and don't deserve you. Aziraphale laughed again, but when he sucked in a breath, it sounded more like a sob. <laughs> Crowley rubbed his back and kept talking, since it seemed to be working. The other day, those drunk kids called you an angel, and I think they're right. You're the best sort of person, and anyone who thinks otherwise can stuff it. Aziraphale sobbed again and tightened his embrace for a moment, before abruptly pulling away and swiping tears from his eyes. Who knew you were nice? I'm not nice, Crowley grumbled as his cheeks grew hot. I'm a big meanie. Yell at my co-workers, I do. They're rightly scared of me. Aziraphale nodded sagely, still teary-eyed, but obviously choking. Of course, <laughs> I think all scary men refer to themselves as meanies. 
I believe it's a requirement. Crowley scowled, more for the fact that Aziraphale was smiling again, and he wanted that smile to grow. <laughs> Go sit down. I'll make you tea. Heaving a put-upon sigh, Aziraphale obeyed, but not before clapping a hand on Crowley's shoulder and squeezing. Thank you, he said quietly. Any time. Crowley said far too earnestly as he ducked his head. He heard the scratch of a record being put on. He was fairly certain it was Bob Dylan, but he wouldn't put money on it. They settled in with snacks and tea and watched a documentary about coral reefs, which had a zero field teasing him about his fish conspiracy. Crowley took it in stride. Happy Aziraphale was up to teasing him at all. They'd finished an episode when Aziraphale stood to start the fire. Oh, bother. Crowley set aside his tea and joined him by the mantel. What's the matter? I didn't restock the wood. I suppose I can go get some from the shed. Nah, let me. Crowley said already halfway to the door. I should do a bit more to help out around here. Aziraphale looked at him askance, but sat back down. All right, if you're sure. Keep an eye out for spiders. They like the woodpile. Crowley did not like the sound of that, but he did like Aziraphale, and he liked the idea of actually tangibly helping him. After the little interlude that afternoon, Crowley wanted something beside pressing him with tea and biscuits like he was Aziraphale's grandmother. The woodpile was not as intimidating as Crowley had expected, neatly stacked and mostly clean. He hefted two logs into his arms and contemplated a third when he heard a noise, a tiny chirping sound from inside the woodpile. He dropped the wood and crouched down to see what it was. Mm. In between two intersecting locks was a little black kitten, curled up and crying. The crisscrossed wood looked precarious, and Crowley didn't know what to do. He was afraid trying to get it out would tip over the whole pile and injure the cat. He wasn't coordinated or strong, and he'd heard it. Aziraphale, though. For lack of better ideas, he ran back inside. Aziraphale, Crowley said breathlessly, slamming open the door. There's a baby cat, a kitten, stuck in the woodpile. I need help. I can't. I'm worried. We have to get it. Aziraphale was on his feet in a second. Oh, dear. Together, they returned to the woodshed. The thing was still ensconced between two balanced pieces of wood, mewling pathetically. <coughs> Crowley's heart clenched at the sound. Oh, you poor thing! Aziraphale cooed as he withdrew lock after carefully stacked lock. You'll be all right. Crowley tried to stay his anxious shaking. 
He couldn't stop thinking about the tower of wood collapsing. The little cat would be crushed. But he should have trusted Aziraphale, because just as soon as he couldn't stand it any more, Aziraphale withdrew the little guy. Its legs stuck out in surprise, scrabbling at nothing as Aziraphale pulled it to his chest. It meowed. A tiny, and frankly adorable, sound. There you go. You're safe now. Oh, what do we do with him? I suppose feed him and house him for a night, and figure it out tomorrow. Aziraphale offered, in between making little noises at the cat, who parroted them back at him. Mm. Aziraphale handed him the cat. Crowley took it hesitantly, mirroring Aziraphale's pose by cradling it to his chest. It immediately started to purr, and he looked up at Aziraphale in awe. Oh, oh my god, it's purring! Do you hear that? Aziraphale had the oddest look on his face. He wasn't looking at the cat, though. He was staring at Crowley with his mouth slightly open. It clicked shut and his brow furrowed slightly. Right, yes. I I can go to the general store and get litter. I'm sure Shadwell has some. I should just... I'll do that, right now. With that, Aziraphale rushed off, leaving Crowley to stare after him in confusion. He looked down at the kitten in his arms and asked, What the hell was that? 